Hello, welcome to the FilmPulse.net podcast. This is episode number 107. My name is Adam. With me today, we have Kevin. What is going on, Kevin? I'm getting ready for Winter Storm uh, Titan. Titan? Titan's rolling through tonight. Oh, boy. So I have named it Winter Storm Teen Titans. Winter Storm Teen Titans. That's right. It's on its way. That's exciting. It is. Hopefully it's, my, hopefully think, it's better than K-Pax. I think my dad said that's the 17th storm. That Fuck yeah, are. buddy. <laughs> this is the, I think like the fifth, fifth snowiest winter we've ever had. We get five more inches, man. We're, it's the third. That's nice. Hell yeah. Go, f- go for it. I say go for it. That's what I'm talking. I want number one. Yeah. Well, this week we'll be talking about some news, including the latest Godzilla trailer, along with the winners of last night's Independent Spirit Awards, uh, before getting into a feature review of the latest film by Jim Jarmusch, Only Lovers Left Alive. And finally, we'll be going over this week's movie predictions, new on video on demand, and DVD and Blu-ray releases. First up, let's talk about some of what we've been watching. Now, Kevin, we're going to start it with you, but you were... You started watching True Detective, right? Yeah. So fuck movies. Yeah, so I want to talk fuck about me. that and see fuck what your thoughts cuz I've been watching it too. <clears throat> so what do you think of True Detective? Um the the very first episode first off the the opening of it is unbelievable. And then the way that they end that first episode when McConaughey delivers that line, oh my goodness, I was hooked. Yeah. And it was pretty much uh, like right then and there. I was like, you know what? I'm just I'm gonna call off the next couple of days and just watch all of these. Like, just put life on hold, like responsibilities and all that bullshit, and just watch True Detective. Yeah, that's and good. it's been highly rewarding. I'm interested to see where they go with it. Now, how how far did you get? I I have episode six left. I've okay, been trying. So you... See, I have this thing with TV shows where when I know. That I'm not going to have more. I like It'll to delay. take, yeah, yeah, take my time with them. Yep. Like I, I did I like the same to... thing with Breaking Bad. Like I didn't have the rest of the season didn't come out on Netflix yet, so I still had like two episodes left. And I just, yeah, I like to do I that just that wait because I, I, I love marathoning shows. I just, I love doing that. It's, it's the best. You, you sort of feel like shit afterwards. Like yeah. when, once it's sort of its effect sort of dissipates. You, you do sort of feel terrible about yourself and your life and the decisions well, that you make. But do, during that moment, it's just unbelievable. Well, here's here's how I feel. It's not that I feel terrible about myself. It's I feel this sense of loss. Like, oh, my God, there's no more. What am I going to do with my life now that there are no more episodes of this? That's how I feel. Because when I marathon a show and I'm watching... That, that's like all I'm watching over and over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You get this, you get so much more invested into the show. Yeah. It's... Than, than if you watch it week to week to week. And you just, you get this attachment. And when it's over, you're just like, oh my God, my life has no purpose. It's true. It's true. But anyway, True Detective is incredible. That four, episode four. Um. Yeah. Yeah. The end of episode three, two, the one shot, the dude, the, the dude yeah, walking through the in the, in the yeah. bungalow ghetto. Oh my god! Yeah, are you kidding me? For fuck's sake! That's and single I mean, take. Yeah, that's six sing- minutes single take shot in episode four blew my mind. It's just, it's incredible. It was so awesome. And I mean, McConaughey, 
is killing it. Yeah. It's just like he's just given free reign to do whatever the hell he wants to do. And I think it's interesting what they're doing with this show because there's it's an anthology series. So next season it's going to be completely different cast, a completely different story, might even be a different time period, who knows. And I'm willing to bet that they're going to get whoever they get to be in it, they're going to be some big name people. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty interested to see where they're going to take it from here. I am as well. Because, I mean, it's not, it's like the, the lines between television and movies were already being blurred. Yeah, but this is this, this is the movie. Yeah, this is like the ultimate gray area because every episode feels like a movie. Yeah. I mean, it feels like you're watching a movie that just is eight hours long. Yeah, it's incredible. And, and I'm, how many uh, cigarettes do you think McConaughey smokes? Oh my God! Why they're, <laughs> why they're, why they're filming this? It's gotta be difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's gotta be difficult. And he, I mean, he does some next level cigarette handling <laughs> yeah. type stuff. He, I mean, he's yeah. A lot of people are commenting on that. <laughs> he does some, he does some crazy <laughs> shit with that cigarette. Uh, but I mean, if you're just sitting there, I guess after a while you gotta you gotta start playing with it. Yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing show. I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, what do you have movie wise? Movie wise, I didn't get to see that much, but well, I, did. I didn't either. So but, we'll, but we'll what keep I it brief. what I did see, I saw some big ones here. All right, so the first was Lawrence of Arabia. I watched Lawrence of Arabia. Okay, and I've I'd been say that's a big one. Yeah, I mean to watch this for extremely long time. But one of the things that I didn't know when I got this is how long it is. I know yeah. that it was a big, epic film, but Lord have mercy, it's almost four hours long. And <clears throat> directed by David Lean. And it's got, I can't really find too many faults with it as a film, you know, on a technical level. So it's, it's an undeniably great film. I'll give it that. You really can't critique it too much. Uh, I think some of the performances are a little bit shaky. But, like, uh, from a personal enjoyment standpoint, not really into it at all. Like I said, it's almost four hours. And, like, oh, God, like an hour and 45 minutes of it is just Peter O'Toole on camelback going through the desert. Hmm. Sounds, sounds like so, a, Yeah, sounds like sounds good like time. Sounds like work. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Uh, but I did get through it. It's, I think it, it is an important film. And it's just, it's one of those things where they just don't, and people say this all the time, but they don't really make them like this anymore. These big, giant, sprawling epics, you know, the locations where they shoot and everything. It's just unbelievable, the execution of everything. But for me, for my taste, I'm more of like, I'm really big on creativity and artistry. And there's just really nothing here in Lawrence of Arabia. It's just pretty much, it's almost like workmanlike, just telling the story where yeah. I'm not really that interested in stories when I'm watching films. I'm more, I want to see visuals. I want to see technique. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you're going to run out and jump no. on top of Lawrence of Arabia? I, no, I've never, I've never seen Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, I will admit it. And I just don't have any interest in it at all. I, I never have either. But it, it just seemed like this has sort of been the year of like, you know, knocking these important big time films off the list. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if it's just to like get some cred, get some street cred. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I had no interest in seeing this. And even like there was a sense of accomplishment after I finished it. 
was like, yes, I did it. But it's, I'm never going to watch this again, ever. It's like you leveled up. It's like you're... Uh, yeah, it's, I, I got, I got like, I think I gained like 500 experience points from this. Nice. Yeah, I'm like level 27 now. Nice. It's unbelievable. 27 movie watcher. That's right. I saw... It's a twofer. Ooh, I'm just going like to talk about them together, if that's okay. No. It's Patrick and Patrick. Oh, I was going to ask. Are you going to think Einhorn this one? Uh, probably not, just uh, because uh, maybe maybe I will, maybe I won't. We're, it's going to be a busy week getting ready for South by. Nah, that's true. So Patrick, the original one is from 1978. It's an Australian film. Kind of, it's similar to Carrie. And I think maybe that's why it didn't get as much recognition as it probably should have. Because it's actually a really solid horror film. Like, I actually really enjoyed Patrick, the original. It's about a guy who is in... There's this uh, this hospital that's that's uh, just for coma patients. So everybody in this uh, hospital is comatose. And a new nurse comes to work there. She forms this kind of bond with this one patient named Patrick. And... It turns out that Patrick has telekinesis, and he can control things with his mind, even though he's confined to this hospital bed. Awesome. And Patrick sort of falls in love with the nurse and starts harming all the men that are close to her and starts harming people that work at the hospital. And he basically goes nuts and starts killing everybody. Okay, okay. In the original one, the cinematography was... Pretty great. I I looked up who did it, and it's actually the guy, the same guy that did like Moulin Rouge and some other very visual. Uh, really, got to yeah. start with Patrick. Yeah. Oh, you also you music by Goblin. Goblin did the music. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm gonna have to check out Patrick. It's really good. Like it's really fun. I mean, it's it's still kind of like a B movie, you know, '70s exploitation. Yeah. But it's still. Really fun and, and definitely worth checking out. Now, the remake, which comes out in a couple weeks, mm. it's almost a shot-for-shot shot remake. Like, it's very, very similar. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I'm surprised. There were there were certain aspects of it that I did like. Um, they did a really, really good job of making it feel like a throwback to the original. Like... As far as the visuals and everything, it took place in modern times, but it had this kind of old feel to it that made it feel like it was almost in the 70s. Okay. Um, the director, Mark Hartley, he's the same guy that did the documentary Not Quite Hollywood, which was about Australian uh, exploitation films. And he okay. also did the documentary Machete Maidens Unleashed, which was a documentary okay. about... Um, the, the the Philippines and uh, how filmmakers from the U.S. used to go over there and shoot exploitation films. So this is a guy that's really kind of in this He knows world. his stuff. Yeah, so he knows his stuff, and it was very, very accurate to the original, uh, almost to a fault, because it's like, why wouldn't you just watch the original? Yeah, that's what I never understand with these films. These like shot for shot remakes that they do and they try and get them, you know, to be exactly like the original. I'm just thinking, 
just watch the original. Yeah, but then I was thinking <laughs> about it, and it's like when you when you when you set out to make a remake, you really only have two options, and that's to make it completely different from the original, but maybe include some you know little things that that kind of are callbacks to it or make it exactly like the original either way fans are not going to be happy yeah that's you know, why they just should like, be done yeah just don't it's, do it. when the idea of doing a, a remake of patrick came about it was pretty much set up for disaster from the beginning yeah like, there was just no way that this, this was going to work um but uh, judging it on its own merits it was fine the CG, there was there's some CG in it that was incredibly bad. Um, but sure there, was, there were a couple things about it that they expanded on. It was more violent. It was more gory than the original, uh, which sometimes worked. Sometimes it didn't work so much. But essentially, it's the exact same movie. <laughs> the music was really good in the remake. And the cinematography was fine, but it wasn't as good as... The original don't make alpine i did notice that the director of the original patrick's name is richard franklin yeah which i don't know if you remember my richard franklin no oh my neighbor <clears throat> that was his name the one my that neighbor. said that the masters of the universe were going to come back and destroy me oh that guy yeah i wonder if it's <laughs> the same guy oh well he's dead oh. richard franklin the director of patrick mm-hmm. is dead but he also did Road Games, which uh, was another Australian exploitation film that I loved. Yeah, Patrick, check it out. The 78 one. I think that it's because of the remake, uh, the original one's getting a Blu-ray release. Ooh, so, there you go. Yeah. At least that came out of it. Another big one that I watched was Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Blade Runner, running with bleeds. I watched the uh, the final cut version. Which I guess is the one where Ridley Scott had complete artistic freedom and was able to, you know, cut his film however he wanted. Yeah, and so I think the I think the easiest way to figure out which cut you're watching is to see if there's um voiceover by Harrison Ford. Yes. This is there was no voiceover in this one. That's the final cut. That's yeah. how you know if you're watching the final cut. If there's That's, no if there's no bad voiceover, then you're watching the final cut. Which even even watching the final cut, I was like, this movie's I mean, let's be honest, it's 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 a mess. It's a mess. The story is really underdeveloped and it just seems like Ridley Scott has these great ideas, but his I don't know if his brain is just so he's just so scatterbrained or it just lacks the brain functions to like give a clear idea of what he wants that they just never come out right it's like there's a great film in his head but there's no one around that can get it out because it seems like every single film that he does has like 18 different cuts to it and he never stops tinkering with them and every film after it comes after its release he goes on this like media campaign talking about well oh there was a, a scene that we originally had in there, they cleared everything up, but we cut that out. <laughs> and then, well, we did have this, but the studio took it out. And it's like, this guy just makes excuses. I've never seen a director do this as much as he does. I mean, there's more media after the film comes out of him trying to explain what his film was about, which just tells me that he has no idea what the fuck he's doing. And Blade Runner is, number one, it looks amazing. 
the, the world building that's on display here, the art direction, the effects, everything is top-notch, unbelievable stuff. I was completely hooked. I was in it. Even with the terrible writing and everything, I was still in it. It didn't, it didn't take me out. The, the closest thing that came to take me out of it was the score, which is just irritating, so unbelievably irritating with the damn synthesizers that just never stop. They just, they don't stop ever. That's and the, the times. I know. And the music's like, there's that scene towards the beginning where, you know, where they first get Deckard and they take him to the cop car and the synthesizers just start swelling like crazy because the, the cop car is going to ascend and it's, you know, making it all epic and everything. And you're like, oh shit, what's going to happen? And it just ascends, floats for a little bit, and then parks. But we had this like fucking huge to do with this big dramatic epic music, and it's just a car parking. Are you kidding me? It was some serious car <clears throat> parking. I know it must have been. It was next level type shit. But my god, the score is just ridiculously terrible, and the story really is. I don't. I you know I haven't seen the other ones, and I'm really thankful that the one that I watched didn't have the voiceover because you know how much I hate voiceover. So I probably would have hated this movie, you know, the voiceover one even more. But the, like the end, well, the story, the whole story really is just him hunting down replicants, which he sucks at because he only kills like two of them. And those are pretty anticlimactic to begin with. And then the whole like showdown with Rucker Hauer at the end, it's fucking Roy Batty's like, all right, I'm going to give you a couple seconds to run and I'm going to come after you. And then next thing you know, he strips down this cycling shorts and he's carrying around a fucking dove in his hand for some reason. <laughs> and he just fucking dies. Just dies. But in slow-mo. They do slow-mo and then, of course, he lets go of the dove. Slow-mo of the dove flying off. And then slow-mo of Harrison Ford's face. And then slow-mo of Rucker Hauer. And it's just all ridiculous. And just pretty, pretty uh, incompetent, if you ask me. Which is what I've I've come to expect from Ridley Scott. Now, this may be controversial, but I am not a fan of Blade Runner. I was never a fan of Blade Runner. I never I tried watching Blade Runner maybe like a year ago, and I was just like, nope, it's just not for me. Like it's I find it to be incredibly boring. It's it's very boring. And I mean the really the only thing that I enjoy is the entire look of the film. Like the city. Yeah, I, I love know, the visual the, style of yeah, it. Yeah, the whole production design behind it, the effects, everything are just unbelievable. It's just unfortunate that there's nothing to go with it. Yeah, and I like just, I like her, the the character of Decker. I think he's kind of a badass. I'm really happy that this movie exists for one reason and one reason only, because it's a huge influence on LP. So I'm very thankful for that reason. <laughs> really, it's a huge influence on a lot of. It's a lot of people. Different... The only the only one I care about is LP, though. Okay. I'm I'm really happy that it exists for that reason. So what do you think? Is Deckard a replicant? Oh, he's definitely a replicant. Yeah. I mean, if if he's not, then the story is even more awful than I could imagine. Like if he was just you know a Blade Runner that's killing replicants, that just makes it so unbelievably terrible because if he if he's just a regular joe blow blade runner human why do they only get one to do this like do they not they only have one blade runner 
Well, okay, they had two because Holden got shot. So what, they have two guys. One's in retirement and the other one's Holden who doesn't check to see if a guy has a gun on him. It's just, it's a, it's terrible writing. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's probably tons of people out there that would um, debate that with us, but... Well, I would love to have him on the show. We can debate that. I just don't. I really don't care to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're going to do that. I'll do it. You're going to do it. Uh, speaking of Rutger Hauer, I saw a movie this week called Flesh and Blood. Uh, this is uh, directed by Paul Verhoeven. Ooh. I think it's his first English language movie. Came out in 1985, so it was it was before RoboCop, but I'm pretty sure it was his first one. Uh, it stars Rutger Hauer and Jennifer it's, Jason Lee, and it's sort of uh you know it's a medieval tale, but it's not it's not like a fantasy movie. It's a more it's a sort of more realistic look at uh, just how fucking awful everything was back in medieval times. <laughs> Like, like you'll think twice about the next time you go to one of those medieval times restaurants and all you'll think about while you're eating your like turkey leg or whatever the hell they serve there is all the raping and pillaging and murdering that happened back then. <laughs> that went into bringing that turkey leg to your table. Yeah. So it, it basically Rutger Hauer is sort of the leader of this group that they work with a dude to take back a castle, and then they get gypped on the spoils. So oh. they get kicked out of the kingdom, and then they get pissed, and then they're like, you know what? Fuck that, dude. We, we're, we're the best. We're going to go <laughs> dominate everybody. So they go. They take over another kingdom. And these are like the most foul, disgusting, uh, like barbaric people you will ever see. Like, all they do is just murder and rape everyone they see. It's okay. slightly ridiculous. Are you supposed um, to be cheering for them? Well, the, what? It, that's the weird thing. It, it does have kind of this, like, odd tone to it where at first you hate them, and then you start to kind of like them, like in an anti-hero sort of way. Like, Rutger Hauer is kind of an anti-hero in this movie. I've, but, always, I've always thought of Rutger Hauer as... Uh, Klaus Kinski light. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that, and it's um, it's really good. I mean, it's it's entertaining. It's very disturbing to watch at times because it is really intense on the the violence <laughs> and like Jennifer Jason Lee near the beginning of the movie gets gang raped by Rutger Hauer and his whole crew, but then like she falls in love with with him and. Okay. It's uh, it's kind of crazy. It's it's like uh, Game of Thrones, but much more, much dirtier. Wow. Yeah, if you can Dirt, imagine that. Dirtier than Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's it's like dirtier and more violent, and it's also kind of a more realistic look at that time period. I mean, wait, Game of Thrones wait. is not trying to be realistic, obviously. Are there? But... There's not dragons in this. No, there's. So um... you're telling me there's no dragons in Flesh and Blood. It's all about the Black Plague, actually. It's all about... Because this is during the time when the plague is just, like, killing everyone. Just, and at this one is, point, So this is peak plague time. Yeah. So at one point, um, th they think that these guys kidnapped Jennifer Jason Lee, And they sort of did. But... <laughs> okay. Sort of. 
so they try to attack their their little castle that they stole to try to get Jennifer Jason Lee back, and they fail at it because they throw fruit at them and make them retreat by throwing fruit at them. Okay. Uh, then they try attacking again, and they get their asses kicked. And then all they do is they take a dead dog and cut him into pieces and and start shooting pieces of the dead dog over the walls with a catapult. Okay. And the dog is diseased with the plague. Gotcha. And then it's game over for them. Oh. Because uh, one piece of the dead dog lands in the well. and Oh, fuck. Yep. I hate when that happens. Yep. Yeah, it's game over by that point. But I, I definitely recommend checking it out. It's uh, it's really kind of an interesting movie. It's a lot more epic than I thought it would be. But at the same time, it's just so... It's very much Paul Verhoeven. Hmm. Like, as soon, like, when you're watching it, you're like, yeah, I can see this. Because it's just so dark and depraved and I like nasty. how we get these little, these little threads going. There's a lot of plague talk today. Yeah, yeah, a lot of plague we've talk. We've been discussing the plague. Another big film that I saw, The Avengers. Oh, okay. I saw okay. The Avengers. Yeah, I don't have it listed on the letterbox. I thought I would I'd wait and surprise you with this one. So I finished The Avengers last night. I did not go. I did not know going into The Avengers that it's so fucking long. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a long one. And like, I mean, to be honest, nothing happens for a while. Pretty much the entire time, Hawkeye is under the spell of Loki. There's not much going on, except for a little bit when Hawkeye attacks the floating fortress or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, So in that regard, I was not into it at all. I mean, I just, I didn't even want to finish this thing, but I I was holding out because I know that there's a battle coming. You know there's a battle coming. (laughs) So I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting, having to go through all this bullshit where they fucking introduced every character. And I got to say, the way that they introduced Captain America was just ridiculous. That was just terrible. And so you finally get to the battle. You got to wait through all this shit to finally get to the battle. And I have to say, I enjoyed that quite a bit. The big New York battle at the end? The big New York battle at the end. Yeah. And I, I'm i not a fan of any of these superheroes, really. Um, I like Iron Man. But that the only reason I like Iron Man is because I like Robert Downey Jr. And he provides most of the film's uh, comedic energy. And I have to say that I, I fell in love with the Hulk with this one. Yeah. That, when they like just let Hulk, Yeah, when they just let Hulk go. Because if you really think about it, the, the only Avengers that you need are Iron Man and the Hulk. Everyone else pretty much does nothing. Because you yeah. just need a guy I mean, that can fly. And the Hulk fucking destroys everything, so you don't really need anyone else. I mean, what does Black Widow do, for Christ's sake? Nothing. And Hawkeye? I I mean, I don't even understand. (laughs) I think people know that they're kind of the sidelined characters. I know. And I I do, I like the fact that they they give them some some screen time. Yeah, I I like that. They they, they throw them a bone. They throw them a bone. But uh, my my favorite part in the entire film is just... When Loki says what did you know delivers his little line and then just Hulk just picks him up and slaps <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> and how they just they cut to him just laying there yes. in the creator. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. That was hilarious. It was it was like watching a dog with one of those rope toys. 
mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. always makes me laugh for some reason. Just seeing that, seeing that was enough to recommend this film. Just hold out until you get to see that scene, and it's it's worth your time. But I have to say, I was a little disappointed because a lot of the action sequences up until that big New York battle were just really bland to me. Just that you know, I've seen it before. Yeah, just all but- all superhero films, they, their fights, they're all the same. Just crash through this area and then crash through this. Destroy one. this, and yeah. Uh, hopefully that'll be changing. Uh, I'm really hoping that. Th- they start doing some because the new the new Wolverine movie deviated from that. Like with the new Wolverine movie, there's a lot of just focus on fighting rather than destruction. Yeah, and it, the other problem that I had is like in the beginning of the film, I was like, all right, I like the tone of this. They know that it's sort of ridiculous, and yeah, they're just, a, they're they're having fun with it. Yeah, you know, they're snapping jokes left and right. It's it's really entertaining. It's sort of like a grown up cartoon. You're just you're just having fun with it, and then you know up on the flying fortress of whatever the hell it's called, they start trying to like inject like serious moments, and I'm just like, no, don't do that. You're ruining it. Don't take yourself seriously. It it gets it gets humorous, but not in a good way. So I would I wish they would do less of that. I'm yeah. I mean I'm totally on board with pretty much all the Marvel stuff. So I'm I just think it's fun. You know, it's just fun, entertaining. Yeah, it's, yeah it, was, it was an alright time. I had fun with it. It took away. It took entirely too long to get fun, though. I just, uh, I think the people that are into the Marvel universe and are into the characters that that doesn't matter because yeah, I think yeah. that a big a big part of a lot of these movies is just being able to see all these all these different characters coming together in one movie. You know, like that. That's a big thing for, yeah. for comic book people. Anytime that there's like a crossover or whatever, like that's that's a huge deal. And, and a lot of people like myself kind of watch a lot of the, the like the shows and stuff just to see just on the off chance that there could be a cameo of somebody else, yeah. you know, in it. So I think Which, that's a big yeah. part of it. I mean, you got to you got to give it to, to Marvel and Whedon. They know how to exploit that. Yeah, they, but I mean, that's what they're doing is they're they're translating the comic book to yeah i mean yeah the, the concept of a comic book the structure of a comic book to a movie and i don't know why that hasn't been done before because if 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 that's what works in the comic books why wouldn't you just make the movie have that same kind of structure oh cuz you get their studios getting involved yeah, it's, it's, they want to make decisions when they and don't it, know anything about and, it and finally they're realizing you know what oh shit this does work like yeah if we make the movies just like the comic books it'll work now i i admittedly don't really know anything about the avengers or any of these superheroes i was never into them so the the little scene at the very very end what was that all about like what are they what are they alluding to they're alluding to that's thanos he's uh he's a really big time villain and I think that they're going to be taking him on in the Avengers too. Okay. Okay. Because I think uh, there was a rumor that he was going to be the villain in Guardians of the Galaxy, but it looks like now that's not happening. It looks like the Collector is the villain in Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think maybe the Collector works for Thanos. Okay. All right. So all think, all of this is just going completely over my head. Yeah, I think we'll see. <laughs> I think we'll see him again in the Avengers too. I'm just I'm just sitting here going, uh huh, oh yeah, okay, sure, okay, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. 
Makes sense. All right. Well, the only other one I saw was Nonstop, starring Liam Neeson. Mm. A little movie that came out this week. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, it, it was generic. I was really bored by it, and I, I guess it was just my state of mind at the time. I was just not. I just really wasn't in the mood. You know, like I forced it. I forced it, and I shouldn't have. And it just ended up being mediocre. Mm, I had a feeling that that's what was going to happen. And, you know, like, there was just red herring after red herring after red herring. And you think it's this guy because he does something suspicious. And then you're like, oh, nope, it's not that guy. It's It must be her. Nope, not her. Uh, and it just goes on and on. And, and I just, I don't know, it was, it was fine. Like, there wasn't a lot to complain about other than the fact that it was just very generic there's it was nothing it was a nothing of a movie nothing of a movie good times right there i i want to try and guess who it was without even seeing it i'm just looking at the cast list here and tell me if i'm right or wrong i'm just gonna try and pick a name was it yes yes (laughs) yes oh oh fucking nailed it i'm gonna bleep I'm going to bleep the name, but you are correct. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> Knew it. It it had its moments. You know, there were, there were certain cool moments, but uh, overall, fairly generic. Raised a lot of questions that it never really answered Ooh. that I can't really say without spoiling anything, but... Is there any time where the plane flips upside down? Uh, no. No. Oh, I was hoping they would do that. No, there, there are some cool stuff that they do on the plane. Probably not the best movie to see... Uh, like six days before I go on a flight, but well, if it's on your flight, you should know that some shit's going to go down. Yeah, uh, that's all I saw. That's all I. Yeah, I'm. Oh no, wait, I saw Nokus, which I wanted to talk a little bit about. It's a movie from 2010, which never made it to the U.S., which is slightly odd. Uh, by Eric Skilgeberg, who did you would know him from Insomnia. He did the original Insomnia. From 97 with Stellan Skarsgård. Less Skarsgård going on this week. And and then he did the, the American movie Prozac Nation, which I think I think that's what ended it. It's probably why his movies don't come over here anymore. But uh, Nokas is the true life story of Norway's most spectacular bank robbery, which involves 13 guys dressed up in SWAT gear with just a shit ton of automatic uh, assault rifles grenades everything and they decide to rob this bank in what looks to be like you know like a pretty small town and doing a little bit of research of the actual what happened and watching the film he it looks like he nailed it like it's pretty much a perfect reenactment of what happened you sort of get that sense and the whole movie itself is it's not like your typical heist movie there's not a lot of like high octane action or you know any of those types of tricks it's just it's very steeped in like realism <clears throat> so everything sort of plays out in real time and it switches between you know the the actual crew members and the bank employees and the police officers that are you know trying to stop the entire situation and it's just unbelievable to see it towards the end it sort of gets um sort of like a dark comedy starts to unfold here because where it takes place it it feels like norway has never 
experienced this before in their lives. So all, all of the people that are like walking through the square, they just think that it's like a rehearsal, that this is just sort of some exercise. So they're just walking between the firefight, yeah. like nothing's happening. And the buses are still dropping people off, still running their routes. And they actually put out a call saying, you know, to the bus company saying, there's a robbery, robbery in place. Please stop coming to the square. Halt all your routes. So the, the one bus driver is like, huh, what should I do? And the guy's like, well, uh, just drive down there. Uh, talk to the cops. Uh, see, what, uh, see what they want you to do. It's like they told you what they want you to do. Stop bringing the fucking buses in. <laughs> And then, like, at one point, there's a guy, like, riding his bike through, and he's on his cell phone, and he's like, oh, I, I have to get off. There's police around. And, like, one of the robbers is just like, you, get off your bike. Come over here. And he's like, oh, what's going on, guys? Is this, like, an exercise or something? <laughs> hey, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, and then he finally realizes that it's live ammunition, and he's caught in a firefight. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's so bizarre. But, I mean, the way that it's all done is just unbelievable. And every, like, all the dramatic moments are sort of, you know, everything's steeped in realism. But every time it comes to, like, a dramatic portion of the, the story, it'll go into, like, a like a slow-mo to sort of accentuate the actions. And it's it's not like any heist movie you've ever seen. Well, I do plan on watching this. So I, I highly recommend it. It's completely different. Yeah, I definitely want to watch this. It's... So it's Nokas, N-O-K-A-S, is that right? Yes. Uh, not available in the States, so... You you can import it, though. You can't get the DVD. Oh, there you, you go. Want, if you want to go through that route. Yeah, do that. Do it. Do, do that. Do it. Let's talk about the Spirit Awards. They were on last night. Did you get a chance to look at no, the results? I, I, I did look at the results, and it... Are these independent movies? <laughs> If, if 12 Years a Slave is an independent movie, then yes, it's very independent. <laughs> it's just, as soon as I looked at the list, I'm just like, what the fuck happened to the Independent Spirit Awards? Yeah, this has got to be the worst year for that. I mean... This is... is it, so, did they so, just okay. copy the Golden Globes? Or, yeah. I don't understand what they're doing anymore. 12 Years a Slave wins Best Feature, Best Director, Best Screenplay. Uh, what do we got here? Best Supporting Female, which I, I agree with that one. Yeah. Uh, best Cinematography. Is that all of them? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much all of them. Pretty much every category that it was nominated yeah. for, it won. McConaughey and Leto win. Yeah, McConaughey and Leto win. And Blanchett wins for Blue Jasmine. And uh, Blue Jasmine also didn't that win that one? No, that was it. Uh, Nebraska won for best first screenplay. Bob Nelson. Uh, best documentary went to Twenty Feet from Stardom. Why? What? I don't understand this Twenty Feet from Stardom. Active killing. Stuff. Come on, that's what? What is? What is happening? Like, is Twenty Feet from Stardom actually that good? I, I'm gonna have to watch it because. But I don't. I like. I feel as though it should, but at the same time, I don't give a shit. Well, yeah, that's why I haven't seen it yet. Because I just, I don't care about that movie. I have no desire. Then again, I, I remember back when Searching for Sugar Man came out, and I was like, that's I, don't, true. I don't have any desire. I saw it, and I loved it. So, I don't know. That's maybe maybe it is. there is something there. You can't judge it, but, but, you know, you have perhaps one of the greatest documentaries 
at least top five documentaries ever made. Yeah. That and it loses to a documentary about backup singers. Yeah. Cool. That's probably. cool. Um, the, the, uh, Cassavetes award went to, this is Martin Bonner. I like that. Yeah. I was happy with that one. Best first feature was Fruitvale Station. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Best international film was Blue is the Warmest Color. Yeah. That's fine. Sure. That's fine. I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> Sorry. So that's the Spirit Awards. Not uh, not just, very exciting. And I, and I, have, a feeling, I have a feeling it, that the Oscars are not going to be very exciting either. Uh, I mean, for me, it just seems like the... The Independent Spirit Awards, they have nothing really that sets them apart anymore. Well, they, not when the nominees are the same ones that are getting nominated for the Golden Globes. Exactly. And- <laughs> exactly. There used to be, it used to be something entirely different. It was, you know, something different from the Golden Globes and the Oscars. And it was like, okay, we have our own award ceremony now. This is awesome. And now it's just like the poor man's version of the Golden Globes. Yeah, when it's the same thing. I mean, maybe they should like initiate they they need to maybe come up with a a more clear definition of what they consider to be an independent film. Because if 12 Years a Slave is in there, why, why isn't, you know, I don't know, Gravity or just what's going to stop them from putting in all these other big movies that may be able to say that they're independent but i don't know yeah, uh, maybe I mean, they, the only, maybe they need to impose like but uh budget restrictions well for me the only thing that i think um for me the john cassavetti awards and the best first feature are the only things on here that make me think okay yeah these are independent film awards everything else i'm looking at i don't, I don't get that yeah I agree. Outside of maybe like the someone to watch award, the truth and fiction award. I mean, hell, even the Robert Altman award went to mud. Yeah. What? Yep. What? I don't know. What? Very, very disappointing. So the new Godzilla trailer came out. <clears throat> Kevin, what'd you think of this? Oh, I'm torn. I'm torn. Like I'm not interested at all in rebooting Godzilla. I have to say, but there were some pretty nice shots in there. Yeah. I, I, I think, think- the the aircraft falling from the sky, the flare shot, it, it looks interesting. Good cast too. Brian Cranston sounds like he's going to be awesome in it. I like that uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. I like him. Elizabeth Olsen's in it. I, ha- I have to say, I'm uh, I'm a bit interested here. Yeah, I mean normally normally like when a second trailer comes out, I'm not. I'm not too interested in in checking it out, but with this one, I was like, okay, I'm totally sold on this movie now. That was a really awesome trailer. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to get in there. I'm ready to see some Godzilla. Do you think P Diddy would do a song for this one? Are they gonna have P Diddy do a song? We can only hope. We can only God, hope. I, I hope that happens. That was him and Jimmy Page. Is that right? Robert that, Plant. Oh, Robert Plant. Or no, what? Yeah, it was Jimmy Page. Yeah, Sorry, that's what I thought. So Godzilla, check out that trailer. Uh, should definitely get you pumped for it. And, and honestly, I wasn't interested in a Godzilla reboot either. Yeah, and I mean, I wasn't interested in Godzilla reboot. And then finding out that it's the guy that did Monsters, I was even less interested because I wasn't, you know, I really wasn't into Monsters at all. But I gotta say, this this looks pretty good. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm pretty excited. 
So Sony's developing, or no, not Sony, Warner Brothers is developing a Minecraft movie. Fuck yeah. What do you think about this? I'm, I'm still holding out for the Playmobil movie. <laughs> you let me know when that happens, and then we can talk. Minecraft? I don't give a shit about that. Stop like- it. Stop it. Just make, come up with original ideas, for Christ's sake. Here's the thing. I, I like Minecraft. I think, it's, uh, I think it's a brilliant game. I think that it's really good for kids. Is it just going to be like an hour and 45 minutes of someone building a house, though? And that's, but that's what I'm wondering. Like, how are you going to make this into a movie? Like, what are they going to do here? And it's supposedly it's live action. So how are they going to do that? But you know what? It could be, it could be another Lego movie, and it, and it could be something that you don't expect to be any good. And it turns out to be amazing. I mean, there's a lot of room if they make it like a comedy. You know, there's there's a lot of room for humor yeah. with Minecraft just because it's so ridiculous. So I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe it'll be good. Mm-hmm. Normally, before before I saw the Lego <laughs> movie, I would immediately dismiss it. But now I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, any other news stories you want to? Mention before we get into this, uh, nah. Only Lovers. Yeah, let's jump into that. Only Lovers Left Alive. This is the latest film by Jim Jarmusch. Synopsis, synopsis states, a story centered on two vampires who have been love, been in love for centuries. Aww, Stars uh, Tom Hiddleston, Tilda Swinton, Mia Wasikowska, John Hurt, and Anton Yelkin. Also Jeffrey Wright's in there. Gotta mention him, yeah. big fan. Uh, so you're gonna be reviewing this sometime soon <laughs> for the site. <laughs> so I think I'll start it off now. It's it's no secret that I'm not the biggest fan of Jim Jarmusch, and I was not a fan of this movie Ooh. either. I had a feeling that that's how. Now I, I liked it more significantly more than Limits of Control, but. For the most part, I just felt I felt that I was being whined at for two hours. It just felt so whiny to me. Mm. And and I, I'm going to coin a new term. I, I don't know if this has been coined by anybody else, but I'm claiming it. I'm looking so we it have, up right now. So we have slow burns, right? Okay, slow burns. We got this it. Isn't, this isn't a slow burn. Okay. Because when you, when you say, oh, that movie was a slow burn... That's referring to referring to the fact that there was something burning to begin with. I'm gonna call this movie a no burn. A no burn. It's no burn because it's a movie that kind of just me like a lot of Jarmusch's movies. It's it's a kind of movie that meanders through the runtime, but there's like there's no payoff. There's nothing that happens. There, he's all about meandering. And it's just a nothing. It's a nothing. <laughs> you think there's going to be some sweet vampire action? Nope. Don't um, even think about it. You get a little bit. Nope. That that does that <laughs> barely even. That's not. <laughs> oh, I laughed. I laughed yeah. at that scene. Mm. Yeah, I. I pretty much. I figured you wouldn't like it. I figured that you would like it more than Limits of Control. Because there seemed to be a little bit more going on here. Yeah, there is. There's. There's not much, but yeah. 
I do. I love the fact that you that you said that it just whines at you, because I I do get that feeling a little bit. Uh, like Tom Hiddleston's character just feels. Yeah, I just wanted to slap him in the face. He, it's vampires as elitists. Yeah, how, he how like he's... he thinks he knows everything, and all the the regular humans are just called zombies, and we fucking destroy the world, and. <clears throat> Vampires are responsible for all the great culture, all the literature, the art, the music, and he—you're he, right. He does just whine. Yeah, and how he like rallies against technology, you know, like how he just refuses. He he creates these weird contraptions to do like video calls with Tilda Swinton. Yeah, and yeah, I d- I definitely see where you're coming from. I will say that it looks gorgeous. Looks amazing. That looks the, gorgeous. The, I the way that he got Detroit to look is just. I mean, that looks like a completely alien planet. Loved it, uh, and I also loved the opening. Just the whole opening sequence with the mm-hmm. spinning camera above them and above him. Uh, that was amazing. I also have to say the other really high point for me was the music. I thought the music was fantastic. That's funny because I hated it. Ooh. I hated the music. Oh. I despised it. <laughs> but wow. It felt, to me, it felt like uh, whenever I would rent something that would be straight to video in the 90s and it would be like that generic, generic rock mm-hmm. playing. That's what that's it felt it, like to me. sort of that feedback, psychedelic. Yep, I just Wall wasn't. Sound. I was, yeah, not into that. But I'm sort of into that, so I enjoyed that. But it did seem sort of like an excuse. This movie felt like a like a cinematic version of Jermush's like Match.com profile. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where he's just like, "This is what I'm into. This is how I feel. These are my likes. These are my dislikes." <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, he even takes when did you. Because, I mean, that whole, you know, where they take that sideline and do sort of like the tour of Detroit, which was a little bit weird, but it sort of worked a little bit. But I didn't like that it started off with him, like, reminding us, like, hey, I'm friends with Jack White. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> From the White Stripe. We're buddies. That's where he lives. And you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, come on. Uh, yeah. I also hated when they showed, uh, where was it that they, wherever they went and they showed, like, there were like full on music performances in this movie mm, too. Yeah, which, which come it, on, it, it, that definitely feels like a Wim Wenders type uh, influence there, because he has the tendency to do that. And yeah, it, I hate, it felt like I in hate the, films do that. I absolutely hate it. It felt like it was the final scene in the movie Idle Hands with Devin Sawa when they <laughs> did a musical performance by The Offspring. We all we always come back to Devin Sawa. <laughs> always back there. Oh god! You think Anton Yelton is the new Devin Sawa? Yeah, I loved his character though. <laughs> I did. I thought, he, did I thought he was great. I thought John Hurt was great. I thought John Hurt was great. Uh, the I didn't like Mia Wasikowska, but yeah. she was a character we weren't supposed to like at all. Yeah, but I think the film really took a nosedive when she showed up because it just it came very predictable. I knew exactly what was going to happen. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. You knew what was going to happen. You're like, oh great, let's go through this. Uh, I I like, I liked the fact that when they drank the blood, it was almost like a drug. It was yeah. like they were taking heroin. Mm-hmm. I, li- I liked so I liked the, the those scenes, a little inconsistent with it, because it, one second they're they're drinking the blood and they're like 
you know, practically passing out because they're, it looks like they're in such ecstasy. And then the next scene, they're at a bar, you know, they're at that club drinking. Yeah. And they're not, they're they're not doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe that was the, maybe that was like the bottom shelf blood. Maybe could be. There's like a lot of weird little nitpicks I had with it. Okay. Like the fact that in this world, apparently you can die from tainted blood. And if so, what was it tainted with? AIDS. AIDS? I don't know. That was my guess. The super kind of AIDS that kills you in like two seconds. But you're a vampire. Come on. That's true. true. I just, that that was like, I was like, okay, what's going on here? I thought that uh, Tom Hiddleston's obsession with wiring was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) That, that that scene when he looks up and he goes, look at that. And it was just the, the jumble of wires. Uh, yes. I thought that that was interesting. Um, and what was up with the gloves? Um, Did you notice that? Yeah. They, how okay, how they focused in on them t- taking on and putting on, taking off and putting on gloves like over and over again. Yeah. I guess it was, they're doing all the touch things. I have no idea. Well, yeah, that doesn't make sense because that's what I thought at first. Because I was like, oh, well, maybe it's like they, they keep the gloves on in case somebody touches them and they don't want to feel like how cold they are because they're vampires. But there's that one scene when Mia Wasikowska is holding hands with Anton Yelkin. She's not wearing gloves. Oh, shit. Damn. But it's you like. You just blew Jar- the shit wide open. Jarmusch focused in on that glove thing like several times. It, it had to mean something. Yeah, probably didn't. He's probably, he's just doing the the old uh, modernist tricks. Just Good. add enough enigmas and puzzles, and people think something's there. I mean, yeah. he does he does reference James Joyce, so I mean that's the guy that sort of started it with Hiddleston's passport name being Stephen Daedalus. Yeah, and her being Daisy Buchanan. It's just like I'm saying. It's just it felt like him just referencing his likes what he's into okay i'm gonna make a reference to james joyce because i like him like i ended but there's that whole extended sequence montage of her packing books and reading books i'm just like this just seems like an excuse for you to be like i'm into basquiat i actually knew him we hung out oh infinite jest yeah yeah i thought that that was kind of funny and but i did like that at least tilda swinton's character was a counterpoint to Hiddleston. Yeah. Because she sort of realized that the only reason any of this exists is because of the zombies. Yeah. She, you know, it's just the humans. And and I, I did sort of like that take on it, how he, it does feel as though he's like this super elitist. And, he, you know, how he makes the comment like, oh, I hope she doesn't get famous because she's too good for that. Right. Yeah. And it, just that whole, like, I, that whole idea of people that are, like, really into music and film and art, whatever, and they, like, they keep it to themselves. Like, they don't mm-hmm. want anyone else to have it, which I've never understood. I think that's the dumbest thing in the world. Because if you like it so much, you would think that you would want to share it with people. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because the only, the only way that you really came into it is someone else, you know, turned you on to it. I mean, that's the only way that me and you got into films. Yeah. You got to learn it. You gotta hear it from you know. Find out about it from yeah, somewhere. It's not like you just wake up one morning and you're fucking hipster god and you know everything. But yeah. you just wake up and you're like, I'm in the Czech new wave, dude. Fuck Czech. you guys. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hmm. Well, 
uh, either way, I like that a little bit. But yeah, I mean, to to go off of you is it it does. First off, it's a bit too long. Yep, and it just meanders in certain points way too much. Like her packing books, her dancing. Like there's an entire sequence where she's just dancing. Yep. Like before she leaves to go to Detroit, just dancing around. I don't want to. I don't want to see you dance. It doesn't add anything to anything. And you packing your books. I don't give a shit about your library. Do something else. Yeah, I mean, really, the whole mechanic of making them vampires. I think that the only reason that he even did that is so that they could be hundreds of years old mm-hmm. and just, have uh, and have this kind of worldly knowledge. You know yeah. that that people just don't have or can't have yeah sort of in the sense where she was just able to touch things and know exactly you know what type of wood it was how old it was yeah and just like the type of experiences that they had and stuff i thought all that was interesting but i you know if that's what you're going for i kind of want a little bit more of that rather than just them being depressed about living in detroit like move out of detroit if you're so depressed and you want to shoot yourself with a wooden bullet <laughs> get out of your dank ass apartment and but where, but where is where is he gonna go man zombies are everywhere <laughs> zombies are everywhere they're knocking on his door fucking man. zombie rock and roll kids so i guess we're we're led to believe that he's like some sort of reclusive uh rock and roll legend right yeah like he's just amazing it's so fucking well there's the montage that showed you fucking beating on his guitar with a drumstick yeah yeah playing playing his guitar with the bow oh shit no one's done that before he is he's intense that's probably where those guys got the idea from from the vampire because there's the you know there's the whole john hurts christopher marlowe character who's you know an actual playwright right that influenced shakespeare so you know they have those little lines where Marlowe's like, oh, when I wrote Hamlet, mm-hmm. you know, and I wrote some of these things and gave them to people. Yeah. What are you going to give this out of 10? Uh, I'd give this probably maybe six, six and a half. I like that. I know I definitely liked that a lot more than you did because, I mean, we've talked about it numerous times before. I occasionally I want to see a film that's just style. I don't I wasn't really too concerned with the actual story itself. And the story wasn't bad enough that it took me out of watching the great visuals. Yeah, but, you know. Plus, I know that that's usually Jarmusch's aim. You know, he's not really a story-heavy type director. That's fine. I mean, I, I, I don't hate the guy. I just haven't been that into his uh, newer stuff. I think there's just there's two types of Jarmusch fans. There's ones that think Ghost Dog is awesome. And there's others that think Ghost Dog is the biggest piece of shit they've ever seen. Maybe not that harsh. Well, I think but, I think that even including Ghost Dog in Jarmusch's uh, filmography is kind of... Probably shouldn't be done. Because I don't think that that's an accurate way to gauge the man's movies. I just... I think it's weird that like people are really into Ghost Dog. I like Ghost Dog, I mean, but I'm not going to say it's a good movie. I, I like know, it because... There's because, people that think that it's like a masterpiece. Oh no! It's which is I find it's ridiculous. Bizarre. The scene when Forrest Whitaker's like doing the kung f- the the kung fu with the guns. <laughs> what the fuck? It's awesome. Either way, I'm gonna give Only Lovers Left Alive a. I'll give it a five and a half. 
Ooh. No, we're not too far. Like I said, I didn't hate it. I, I didn't hate it. I just, there just wasn't enough there. I agree that I liked all the visuals, but I mean, two hours of mostly an apartment. Yeah. You yeah. know, like most of the movie takes place in his apartment. And after, you know, 20 minutes of that, I'm like, all right, I gotcha. I see, I see what. <laughs> Let's see what there is to see in this uh, one-bedroom apartment. What was up with the the bathroom too? How he was like, "Don't go in the bathroom; it's out of order." I, I I'm not sure. Never never showed us what was going on with that. That was. I mean, I was thinking that they were gonna like after he leaves, they're gonna cut to the bathroom and show like a dead body in there or something. But nope, this is, we're just gonna leave maybe, it. Uh, maybe that's where he stores his blood. I don't know. I don't know. I, I thought that they showed him putting it in, in the fridge or something. In the kitchen. Sure. He did keep books in his fridge as well. It's just, they're vampires, mm. dude. They're so above you. Yeah. They're so cultured. You, like, you can't understand them. Don't even try. They're just so cool. And they're, and they're Ray-Bans sitting in the corner <laughs> of the club, drinking their blood from the flask. That's right. They're like the original hipsters. Ugh. <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> Alright let's move on uh, I believe that Only Lovers Left Alive For those that want to see it Comes out in theaters April 11th Limited yeah. release Yeah yeah. So you can check it out then Let's move on talk about some predictions Last week we said Non-stop 54 for you 42 for me Actual 58 So oh, not, not too bad for non-stop Son of God, you said 60. I said 26. Actual 24. You nailed it. Yep. So, Son of God, not too good. Next week, we have 300 Rise of an Empire. What are you thinking on this bad boy? Uh, 22. I'm going to say it's a little bit better than that, and I'll say 36. Okay. Okay. I think it's going to be terrible, though. Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Why does this exist? Oh my goodness. 42 for me on that one. 42. I'm going to say like a 60. Looks so bad. I just don't, I don't understand rebooting these old things. And then like, finally. Who, who's into Mr. Peabody and Sherman? I mean, the people that remember yeah. that are not going to go see that. I, I just don't get it. People, people that remember that are like in their 50s now. <laughs> I mean, I remember watching like reruns yeah. of Rocky and Bullwinkle and when they would have that on, but the movie looks nothing like the show. I think it'd be cool if they did it in the same animation style, but just yeah, like, just a, just update it a yeah. little bit, just a couple a little tweak, make it look it. cleaner or something, but just have it the same style. That'd be cool. Yeah, too risky. They're not gonna do that, dude. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel also comes out next week. Hundred and twenty. 120 okay does it go that high we can make it go that high we'll say okay you'll you'll lock do me in, lock me in at 120 you'll do 120 i'm gonna do um 134 <laughs> on grand grand budapest hotel perfect video on demand next week we have nymphomaniac part one. Oh, that's a big one yeah okay that's a big one war of the world's goliath that's a Malaysian animated film. 
Okay. It's coming out in the States, finally. <clears throat> know nothing about it other than that. Journey to the West also comes out. That's the latest Stephen Chow, Ooh, which like I that. saw. It's good. It's funny. Oh, that's right. You did see it. Yep. It's worth worth seeing. I mean, it's no, it's not as good as Kung Fu Hustle or Shaolin Soccer, but it's it's still solid. He's not in it though. That's oh, yeah. That's, that's that's the biggest disappointment. I don't like that. I wish you didn't tell me that. Yeah, the guy that is the main characters, he's pretty good though. He's an ample replacement. Yeah. DVD and Blu-ray releases next week. We have Twelve Years a Slave, Cold Comes the Night, which I. I don't actually know anything too much about that one. Uh, 12 Years a Slave, obviously check that out if you haven't yet. I'm excited for all the deleted scenes and director's commentary and, and uh, outtakes on that one. <laughs> Lots of fun outtakes. Oh, God. that's Yeah, that's one that I'm never going to watch again. No. Great movie. but Great movie, and I'll never see it again. Not put myself through that. The Grand Master also comes out. That's That's one I'm excited for. Yeah, I haven't... Uh, I missed it the first time around. Yeah. I'm waiting patiently. I'll see it at some point. Hours, which... Uh, I, I heard that was good. Yeah. I heard that was good. <laughs> uh, that that ended up on our mine and Ernie's bottom ten list. Ooh. Mm. Last Days on Mars, I heard that was really bad. Correct. Old Boy, which... That was awful. We're, we're not too into that one either. The Visitor, which... Uh, I highly recommend checking out. Fuck yeah, dude. Wheelchair freak out? If you're in the mood for a wheelchair freak out. And honestly, when are you not? Exactly. And if you're not, that just that just goes to show that you don't really know what you're talking about. Correct. Because you're always in the mood for that. You just don't know it. And finally, we have The Hunger Games Catching Fire. Oh. Any other ones? Uh, no, there's no Criterions coming out. No Criterions? All right. Nothing. I'm taking a break. I, th- I, I think it's unfortunate that I'm looking at this old boy release and it does not include the director's cut. Did you see... I just, I don't, I don't understand that. Did you see <laughs> the Chinese bootleg cover of old boy? No. <laughs> Look it up real quick. Old boy. <laughs> Chinese bootleg Another subpar remake. Yeah, <laughs> they put that on the front. That's the on the DVD cover. That's the the pull quote is an unnecessary subpar remake. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> that is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. But I'm also looking at there's a Chinese Drive bootleg cover. Look that up. I think I saw that before. Because that's awesome. Does they have like it's not even the right movie? They just cut Goslin's face on there. It's got like a sniper <laughs> rifle. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man, that is amazing looking. I love it. I might have to make that the uh, cover of this week's show, even though we're reviewing <laughs> only lovers left alive. Oh, that's incredible. All right. Um, next week, we'll actually not be recording because Ryan and I'll be in Austin for South By. So we'll be back in two weeks to review some more <laughs> fun stuff. Uh, by then, we'll probably be doing 
rhymes for young ghouls and maybe we'll probably have some other stuff ready to go by then also i will probably be recording a south by wrap-up episode a little travelogue yeah so that that should be coming out probably after we get back as well i'm gonna try to get somebody to come on the show for that like a guest maybe a fun guest so all right i think that that'll wrap it up for all the latest film news and reviews, visit us at filmpulse.net. Follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and be sure to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that very much. For filmpulse.net, my name is Adam. And I'm Kevin. And we'll see you on Thursday for Ryan Watches Movie. Uh, it was fu- it was all right. it was all right it was all right all right. What the fuck just happened? That was awesome.